Welcome to Radio KAL, Superman podcast, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. This is show number 29, released on May 30th, 2007. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is my co-host, Neil Bailey. G'day, Neil. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Not too bad. Uh, what about yourself? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Finally seem to be squaring myself away again, and the uh, last time that happened for me was January. DC work will do that to you, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't get burnt at all during your Smallville review video? No, I came close a few times, so I pulled a muscle dodging one fireball. But uh, you guys you guys should see what didn't make the actual video. One of those uh, super short reviews takes about five minutes of footage, and I filled a good hour this time. It was a good time. Cool. Well, uh, we'll talk Smallville a little later in the show, but uh, first up I want to touch on the comic books. Uh, DC Comics has us on another weekly adventure with Countdown taking up where 52 left off. And the biggest news coming out of it all is that the multiverse is back. Uh, what's your take on it all? Well, first two issues no di- nosedived for me, but the uh, the third actually started developing a little story and getting better. I'm not uh, sold or giving up on it yet. It's too early, but I- I've still found a noticeably slow, chugging start to this major event. How about you? Yeah, it was a little slow and confusing to start with. Uh, I'm still not sure what I really think about it. I-, I guess I need a few more issues to decide whether this is going to be something that uh, is going to win me over or not. Uh, not too sure about them bringing back the multiverse, though. Uh, I know a lot of fans are, are big fans of the multiverse. Uh, it seems to me that what we have here really is a generation of writers who grew up with the Silver Age and the multiverse, uh, stamping their own personal tastes on the DCU now that they're in control of the reins, bringing back what they grew up with when they were reading comics in their youth. Uh, personally, I prefer the one-universe post-crisis way of things, as I think uh, having a multiverse will confuse new readers to the point where they won't know what's going on or who belongs on what earth. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how they avoid the potholes that necessitated having the crisis on infinite earths in the first place. Yeah, I'm kind of of two minds. I'm I'm really sad to have lost essentially my entire DCU continuity, which consists of the continuity that began in 1985 focused around Superman, but uh, I'm not really afraid of that. I've said that a bunch of times. It's it's just that, because uh, change leads to some of the best comics, but it's just that the problem is with change without what appears to be a really solid plan of attack is just kind of a chaotic mess. And since Infinite Crisis, that's about all I've seen on almost all fronts, with rare exception, and those are usually coming from those associated with the 52 crew, and it doesn't spread across the whole line. We're essentially recursively repeating event after event after event, and have been for about 10, 15 years now, but we've lost the consistency and continuity of a defined universe. The events that were wear- uh, the, the events were wearing on me to begin with um, in terms of the repetition, but now it's events and loose continuity. When I like a linear story and, and, and something more deep, I guess, honestly, it's kind of pushing me away from comics entirely on, with, from both major companies. Yeah, I wonder if we'll see another crisis in, say, 10, 20 years' time, which does away with the multiverse once a new generation of writers, ones who grew up with the unified world of post-crisis comics, takes over the writing and editing at DC Comics. Yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't care if there are 100 Earths or, or one, just so long as the writers, at very least, are on the same page uh, and telling good stories. And that just, for me, isn't happening right now. Well, with so many comic books out there at the moment, uh, and scheduling scheduling problems seeming to be a hurdle that they're struggling to get over, I wonder if this is just an another added obstacle uh, for the editors at DC Comics to get over. I mean, will it make it harder for these guys to keep everything clear and concise? You know, yeah, you know, it's it's 
every single Superman title that's been late in the last year now, with Superman Confidential last month, to say nothing of other titles across the line. And, and we're focal here. We pay attention to Superman, but the reality is that I, you, others bounce off other DC heroes and titles as well, and the same lateness is happening all over. I'm, n I'm not trying to armchair this and be a, a petulant whiner, but I, I want success for DC, but this is, it's just getting sad. Well, a perfect example of confusion getting in the way of a story is the current Metal Man story in the Superman-Batman comic book title. Uh, have Superman and Batman met Will Magnus and the Metal Man before, or are we to believe that this is their first encounter? Yeah, it, it seems like they're trying to leave it purposefully ambiguous like they did with Superman post-Birthright to, to, to please everybody, but uh, it only underscores the larger problem that people have with the story, uh, it, it, both sides. Bringing Brainiac back as a side note and not even having him appear in the first issue, and you got Superman-Batman and we're looking at the Metal Men, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a comic called Superman-Batman, but of late it's basically been a JLA book featuring guest stars and promising big things, but really giving kind of lukewarm stories, so... I'm just wondering where the character and interaction that Loeb crafted has gone. Yeah, the book seems to have dropped in quality in recent months, uh, which is disappointing because we know that Mark Verhaden is a better writer than that. Yeah, and, and just on across the line, I can't honestly say that I've been jazzed about the Superman titles in a while outside of the Zod arc, which is now stagnant. And even if there have been a few hits recently, story-wise, with lots of subtext and context, they're beautiful tales, but I just don't feel like there's a core, ongoing Superman mythology anymore. It's just neat little literary side stories and has no progression at all. And as much as I cry for literary side stories, you get to marry it with action and huge fights and mythos and a linear, progressing reality with big villains, even if no one ages. Okay, well, moving on to other Superman comic books, I found the recent two-part redemption story in Action Comics interesting. I know you said in your review you're not particularly fond of religion being a subject matter in Superman comics, and I know from some of the emails I received via the website that some fans are a bit put off by it. Uh, one fan in particular was even disturbed by the fact that some readers might get the impression that Superman is against missionaries as a whole. Uh, what's your response to all this? Actually, that it's, highlights it's a very important point. That uh, It's not that I don't want religion in a Superman comic, which is, I, I got some hate mail accusing me of that, um, but it's quite the opposite. I, I, I like it when comics cover religion and literary topics and mythology, and I, I like seeing it elaborated upon. It's, it's great for subtext, context, deeper character, etc. But what I despise utterly to the core of my being is seeing Superman taking any kind of step that defines him for or against a given lifestyle or a way of thought. I'm not talking, well, Superman uses red toilet paper. I'm saying, Superman no longer attends his church because he believes in philosophical pragmatism, or Superman is anti-gay, or things along those nature, you know? Even if that's one of my own espoused viewpoints, not the gay thing, but philosophical pragmatism. <laughs> but but as, as readers have astutely pointed out, this the series shows Superman taking avowed stances, uh, and, and it's he, he could be perceived as being against missionary work obliquely. It illustrates that he doesn't go to church anymore, which kind of shines a light on uh, uh, on people who do think that you have to go to church to be a moral person, and it makes him complicit in shutting down a religious congregation, uh, which is all touchy stuff, and without a very powerful reason or message behind it, uh, in terms of the broader picture, I think that it should have been better treated. Yeah, I didn't think that they were saying that Superman was against missionaries per se. I, I think he was taking issue with how this particular reverend, who was also a metahuman, I was using his personal beliefs to force another person to take the lives of others, which is something Superman stands firmly against. 
Yeah, and that's and that's a larger point of the issues, which is one of the reasons why I gave it such good reviews, and and it's why I don't mind the story. It's it's more just that little point that 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 rankles people that taking a definite stand on Superman and religion or politics it's it's out of place, even if it's my belief system, even if it's what I want or would want Superman to believe. You, you can't push that on Superman because Superman stands for all of us, every last one of us, male, female, black, white, Muslim, Christian, it doesn't matter, atheists. Like Rucka told me poignantly in a review a couple of years ago, if Superman takes a picture with the president, he takes a picture with the opposition party and makes a, a, a point to do that because he has to be there for everyone. It's his focal character tenant. He's there for everybody at all times. I mean, I get what they're saying. Uh, they're trying to show Superman doesn't side off by practicing one religion over another. But in doing that, they've actually alienated those people who have chosen to be religious. Yeah, or, or heck, even if you agree with this stance, they alienate people like me who don't want the impression that Superman is a religious crony. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not an easy topic to cover in a comic book, uh, especially with a character like Superman. But uh, moving away from comics, uh, there have been a few DVD announcements over the past few weeks. First off, we have uh, Legion of Superheroes Volume One being released on August 28th. Uh, with the con- DVD containing only four episodes from the season, or the first season of the animated series. <laughs> Jeez, only four? That's crazy. Well, exactly. I mean, how many fans uh, we've seen on the website complaining about why would Warner Home Videos release only four episodes instead of a complete season? Uh, I guess it's a monetary reason at the end of the day. Uh, they know people will buy this just to have some of these episodes on DVD, especially parents looking for a cheap DVD that will satisfy their kids. But they also know, on the other hand, that older fans will hold out and buy the season box set when they finally do release it, too. Yeah, well, it's just like Justice being released in four-issue chunks, you know? People will buy it, so that's why they do it, even if I don't understand it necessarily. I want bigger chunks. Well, Warners haven't said that a complete season set DVD is coming yet, but I think we all know that it can't be too far away. Uh, they'll probably release it to coincide with the season two premiere. Uh, we also have another complete season of the Super Friends cartoons coming to DVD with Warner Home Video recently announcing that Super Friends The Legendary Superpowers Show will be released on DVD on August 7th. Uh, this is the 1984 season which was tied in with the Kenner Toys Superpowers line that came out in the same year. Uh, it's also the season that introduced Firestorm uh, and he joined the team fighting the evil Darkseid and other villains in that season. Yeah, that's pretty much the reason I got into the Justice League right there, was those figures and those episodes. It's a good memory, so I'll probably be picking it up. Yeah, same here. Uh, brings back many good memories of getting up early on Saturday mornings to watch cartoons when I was a kid. Uh, the animation isn't as good as I remember, but then when you're a kid you're not too fussed about all that kind of thing. Uh, the stories were always engaging, though. Yeah, I mean, heck, Darkseid was new to cartoons then and new to me. It was kind of like having a brand new Vader after a couple of years of Star Wars. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of DVD releases, it was recently revealed that the sixth season of Smallville will be released on September 18th, which is around the same time that we expect season seven to premiere on the CW. Yeah, uh, they've been doing that for pretty for for the last few years. It works pretty well to get people caught up and ready for the next season. Let's speak about Season 6 of Smallville. Uh, at the time we're recording this episode, I haven't actually seen the finale to Season 6 yet, so let us know what you think about it. Sure, yeah, it was basically kind of a summation of what's been going on for most of the last half of the season. Uh, it, it covers Lana's marriage and the baby arc and Clark dealing with the zoners one by one and Chloe's power, but uh, unfortunately it didn't have too much of an impact with me beyond the bizarro moment at the end. Uh, he had a lot of bad subplots for most of the season and a lack of linear, progressive, major story arc beyond a dude comes to town with powers. 
Um, it it, it kind of hurt the season for me. It, 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 we're losing sight of Clark Kent and the mythology, and it just seems to be stringing it along until they have to move to that finale. I don't know. What do you think so far? Well, to be honest, I, I still enjoy Smallville quite a bit, uh, but this year set out promising us Superman in training, but we didn't really deliver on that front. Uh, the Justice League episode was a nice break away from the usual fare, but basically all they did really was keep the same formula, replacing the kryptonite freaks with phantom zoners. Yeah, that's that's about it too. I mean, I, I'm speaking out of my rear end here, I, I, as usual, but <laughs> I really have no I- insight into the uh, process and how it's put together. Um, but as an outsider looking into the produ- production, I see you know the 14 producers and and the, the writers that I've never heard of before, and I get the feeling that the show's kind of being handed off and treated with less respect trying to get, you know, cheap viewership employees like, like Justice League and, and uh, bringing in Martian Manhunter when it's not really the Martian Manhunter and when the effects can't really seem to support it. And I don't know, I don't get any larger mythological subtext anymore, which saddens me, not because I take glee in the show failing, as some people think, but because I, I honestly, even now, want it to succeed. It's just not on a lot of levels. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, like there's no overarching storyline anymore, no ultimate goal. Uh, they're just going along week to week, giving us teen soap opera stuff that isn't what Smallville should be about, in my opinion. Uh, it should be about young Clark Kent coming to terms with his powers and growing towards becoming the world's greatest superhero. And I've got to tell you, I really feel sorry for Kristen Krug. Uh, she's being asked to play the most annoying character on TV at the moment. Lana is without a doubt this show's weakest link. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of an argument I hear in philosophy. You got to give her or him credit for you know it's generally something you don't have to give someone credit for like. Uh, you know, like say trying. You know, got to give him credit for trying. Yeah, right. But but here, I can I really feel for her. You got to give her credit for 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 putting up with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no consistency in the way they're writing her character. It's quite annoying, quite aggravating. Uh, guys and girls I speak to all feel the same way about the character. And do you really think she's dead, or was it just too obvious that she set it up at the end there? Well, I, I've gone uh, to the dark side and read the spoilers like usual, but uh, even even before I had, I knew that the uh, death wasn't going through, mostly, you know, just from my story sense. I mean, it's kind of obvious looking at it that when you watch a show that for six years hasn't taken any palpable risks, you come to believe that they won't ever kill Chloe and Lionel off, much less... Um, much less Lana, outside of, say, the last episode, per se, because the status quo on that show is so very important to it, even if it shouldn't be, and even if great shows have uh, evolved out of uh, taking some character risks. Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see when Season 7 starts up sometime around September this year. Uh, the CW have announced that the show will remain in its Thursday 8pm time slot, so stay tuned for further announcements regarding an exact return date over the coming months. Well, before we move on to talk about the sequel to Superman Returns, because we do have some news there, I do want to make mention of the annual Superman celebration which takes place in June in Metropolis, Illinois. Uh, For anyone who doesn't know about it, each year in June, the town of Metropolis holds a four-day Superman festival. This year, special guests attending include Erica Durance, who plays Lois Lane in Smallville, Helen Slater, who played Supergirl in the Supergirl movie, Noelle Neal, who attends each year. Uh, She's the original Lois Lane from the Kirk Allen serials, and also played Lois Lane for the majority of the Superman TV series of the 1950s, and she also played Gertrude Vanderwerth in Superman Returns. Uh, and there's other special guests attending, uh, including a lot of comic book artists and writers. Uh, the celebration this year is being held from June 7 to 10. Uh, I went back in 2003, and at this stage I plan on attending next year for June for Superman's 70th anniversary. Um, it's a lot of fun. The Superman Museum is amazing. There are plenty of photo opportunities, not just with special guests in attendance, 
but also with the 15-foot Superman statue in the middle of the town square. There are contests and shows, stalls and stores of all kinds. There's the auction dinner night where you can bid on some amazing and rare collectibles while rubbing shoulders with some of the special guests who attend the dinner. I highly recommend it if you've never been before, but uh, we do have a few people going on behalf of the Superman homepage this year, so if you're unable to attend, uh, you can be sure we'll be covering the events with articles and photos across all four days. Yeah, I can't wait to hit the celebration myself. I'm hoping that uh, with the con circuit I'll be able to make it in the next few years, but uh, if I can't next year, I'm going to have to get to Australia by a rowboat and water ski here at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't water ski, so we'll have to see how that goes, but uh, I do hope to get there next year, and as I said, uh, maybe we can meet up there in 2008. Yeah, here's hope. For more information on Metropolis, Illinois and the Superman Celebration, visit www.supermancelebration.net. And if you can't attend the Superman Celebration but you're interested in Superman merchandise, well, we've got a good offer for you today. Uh, the Superman homepage recently teamed up with Warner Brothers Online Shop to bring an exclusive offer to Superman homepage readers and listeners of Radio KAL. Till June 19th, anyone who makes a purchase at Warner Brothers Online Shop can use this exclusive coupon code. The coupon code is Superman Homepage, one word, and you'll receive a free DC Comics Who's Who mystery box. So simply enter that coupon code during checkout when making a purchase from wbshop.com and you'll receive that free gift compliments of the Superman Homepage and Warner Brothers. Yeah, so those are pretty nice. That's cool. Okay, before we wrap up our chat, there was news recently regarding the sequel to Superman Returns. Brian Singer, Michael Doherty and Dan Harris were all in attendance at the Saturn Awards recently where Superman Returns won five Saturn Awards, uh, the most of any film or TV show this year. And while talking to their to the media there, Dan Harris said that they were looking at more than one villain for the next movie. With an S, villains, which is nice. I don't know. Who do you expect it'll be? Well, our recent fan poll on possible villains revealed that most fans think it should be Lex Luthor and Brainiac and... I'd personally like to see that combination, but I'd also like to see a lesser villain somewhere in there, say like Mattello maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for Brainiac and Luthor myself. That could be great. That's my vote. I'm guessing that uh, that's what they'll go with too if all goes according to the women of the fans. Yeah, that doesn't always happen, but uh, Brian Singer did also confirm that he'd be starting production sometime early to mid-2008. They're currently putting the script together, so I'm uh, I'm guessing we'll start getting more news about the film towards the end of this year. Let's start with the big question. Big question time. Last show we asked you if you could uh, go back in time, like in Superman the movie, what would you go back and change in regards to Superman or otherwise? And what did we get this month? Oh, we got uh, John Hamm. He wrote in and said, Hey, Stephen Neal, that's a heady big question. There's some obvious ways that a time-traveling Superman fan might put right what once went wrong. Sequel and Schuster's poor treatment by National, Christopher Reeve's injury, Superman 4. <laughs> but for me, George Reeve's death may be the greatest miscarriage, particularly if he really was murdered. But even as to suicide, it would be worth defending. Of course, it was a personal tragedy for Reeves and the people who knew him, but it was also a shock for every fan of the series at the time and as later generations like mine discovered the show. It's a sad mark on the legacy of the character and a lost opportunity to have seen what else Reeves might have made of his life. I agree. John Freer says, uh, If I could turn back time a la Chris Reeve, I think I'd change the crisis of infinite Earths uh, so that Supergirl survived. Her death ushered in a new order of writers and artist writers who just did anything they wanted to Superman's backstory and continuity without let or hindrance. 
it was this kind of anything to drive the sales model mentality that has degenerated into today's stunt-reliant, hype-dependent style of writing that is deeply injurious to Superman as an iconic character. Casually offing Kara Zarella was a virtual green light for today's anarchic, if it bleeds, it leads DC zeitgeist. Yeah, kind of started with uh, Dark Knight Returns and moved on from there when death was kind of cheap. Uh, let's see, we got uh, Dave Landon, he emailed in his response, and he says, If I could turn back time and erase one Superman story from existence, it would have to be John Burns' Judge, Jury, and Executioner. And uh, that's this is me, guys. That's the one where Superman kills General Zod in order to punish him for killing people in a pocket dimension. It's insulting to the character to say that Superman's convictions to never kill stems from the time he tried it and didn't like it. I really hope that the fashioners of the new continuity have seen fit to exercise this horrible tale from Kalos history. And I can say that they have, yeah. Yeah, which basically they said is the case in regards to um, the current General Zod being the only Zod that Superman's met. So uh, that basically retcons out Judge, Jury and Executioner as far as Superman's current continuity is concerned. Yep. But uh, thanks guys for all your responses. It was a pretty lean big question and response to this show. So our next big question is something that will hopefully be easier to answer and is a current hot topic on the website comment boards. The big question is, what did you think of Season 6 of Smallville? Like it? Hate it? Why? Let us know by sending in your response to this big question by clicking on the big question icon at the Radio KAL webpage and send in either an MP3 file of your own voice or email us and we'll read out your response in our next Radio KAL show. And that's a topic I have no opinion on whatsoever, right Steve? No, not at all. <laughs> Kara is missing, and it consumes Clark's thoughts. I know she's out there somewhere. She could be hurt. I want her to be alive just as much as you do, Clark, but I'm just not sure. I'm sure, and I'm not going to give up on her. Catwoman gets her first assignment from Lex. So what's the job? You broke into Star Labs recently. I need you to do it again. There's another new arrival in Metropolis. I'm standing here with Police Captain Margaret Sawyer, once and future head of the Metropolis Special Crimes Unit. Thanks, Cat. Call me Maggie. And suddenly, the fortress isn't so solitary. You're... you're from Krypton. I have searched far and wide for you, son of Jor-El. The search for answers begins in issue 29 of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, on May 30th, 2007. Only at supermanhomepage.com. Everyone thinks I died in the explosion at the mascara. Kara! She blocked herself in there! And I'd like to keep it that way for a while. What's going on? Where's Supergirl? I don't hear her. I can't see her. I don't know where she is. I just need to, I don't know, figure things out. Kara, the day we stop caring is the day we lose who we are and what we stand for. What if I don't know who I am or what I stand for? I still have no idea what I'm supposed to do or who I'm supposed to be. Get it now? I messed up. I failed Steve. I failed you. I failed everyone. Kara, stop. You're not thinking. All I can do is hide and hope nobody finds me until I'm done thinking. 
If I'm ever done, that is. Where are you, Kara? Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, debuts May 30th, 2007, at supermanhomepage.com. Yeah, that's right, people. A new Supergirl audio drama has started up. Pennant Productions keeps on producing great stories in all their audio dramas, so be sure and check them out. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Time for the Super Secret Soundbite Contest. Last show, our Super Secret Soundbite came from Smallville's fifth season episode 20, titled Fade. Five people guessed it correctly, and those five people are Kevin James, Steve Holmes, Nelda Mormon, Tim Murphy, and Brandon Wigginton. Good job, guys. Yeah, let's see if more people can guess which episode of Smallville this sound comes from. My dad's a real bastard. If you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Radio KAL webpage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it correctly will have their name read out in our next Radio KAL show. We've come to the segment of the show where we play a song that's either about Superman or mentions Superman in the lyrics. Currently we know of over 350 songs that meet this criteria. Which puts us in business for about 50 years. So what's the score this month? Well, uh, this show we're going to play you When I Was Superman by The Uninvited.
the show for another month. Remember, if you have anything you want to tell us about Superman or Radio KAL, whether it be a topic you want us to discuss, a song you'd like to recommend, or just general feedback about the show, you can send us an email by using the KAL mail feedback form found at the site. Thanks, Neil. Thank you, Steve. You say classy, heathen, atheistic Superman. You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com. <laughs>